0: Hi there and welcome to Hugh. My name is Darren and today I would like to encourage you all to hear about Jesus who became a man for you. But first we need to start at the beginning of time and we need to talk about and understand the very first man, Adam. So in this first part of the podcast I will be paraphrasing a section of the book of Genesis so please bear with me. God who created the earth and all things that are in it had a purpose and a plan for his creation. On day 6, God took some dust from the earth, formed it into a body and breathed into it. And that body became a living person. Imagine waking up from nothing and opening up your eyes for the first time. And standing there is God who just made you from the soil that you are standing on. Then he is speaking to you for the first time as he is showing you the world all around you. And he says, My son, fill the earth with your children and rule over it. The fish, the birds and every living thing that you see are yours to rule. The plants and trees will provide food for you and and every living thing. God then takes you to a special garden, surrounded by beautiful rivers, which he made for you. In the middle of the garden, two fruit-bearing trees beautifully stand out, of which God informs you that one you can eat from, but the other you cannot eat from it. Suddenly you come out of a deep sleep, and there is walking towards you God, bringing with him a beautiful woman who is to be your wife, to help you work and rule the earth together. Both of you never felt alone because God would come and visit you both in the cool of the evenings so that you could spend time together and get to know him. You were both naked because there was nothing impure in your thoughts or imaginations as you talked with each other and with God. Everything was just perfect. Now, after a certain amount of time had passed, a serpent appeared to Eve and spoke with her. Now this serpent was skilled in deception and craftiness, and it did not appear to Eve by sneaking in without God's knowledge. God allowed this serpent in to test Adam and Eve. Remember, Adam and Eve had spent time with God so they would know him. Secondly, Satan throughout scripture cannot do anything against mankind without God's permission. And thirdly, God tests, not tempts, every man and woman for their own good. So once Adam and Eve had become familiar with God, God then determined a time when to test them, to see what they would do. Unfortunately, Adam and Eve took the advice of the serpent. How did the serpent achieve this? He presented the fruit of the tree as beautiful and edible, not something that is deadly and brings about death. This would have caused a bit of confusion and eventually doubt to Eve's mind about God's command. The serpent also made God look like he was denying them great wisdom from this tree which was also in the middle of their garden. Eve probably could not understand why God would do this. The serpent's advice appeared to be much wiser than God's command. So instead of going to God about what the serpent had said to them so they could find out more about God's motive by denying them the fruit of the tree, they decided to act independently. And sure enough, they disobeyed God and ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God was forced to remove them from the garden away from the tree of life. And without the tree of life, death came to mankind. So in conclusion to this first part, I'd just like to read Genesis chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Here God is talking to Adam and Eve's son Cain, who is struggling with the knowledge of good and evil. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Since we have taken it upon ourselves to have this knowledge of good and evil, it is now our responsibility before God to rule over it, just as he told Cain. When looking at the world around us and knowing our history over the last 6,000 years or so, how do you think we are managing with this knowledge? I don't think it would take long for you to work out the answer for that one. God has tested every person born under the sun, and everyone has unfortunately failed except for one man, which we shall look at right now. The name of this man is Jesus Christ, who Paul called the last Adam, as mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So it is written, the first man Adam became a living being, the last Adam a life-giving spirit. So let us have a look at this great man Jesus. About 4,000 years after Adam became a living being, another living being arrived through his mother Mary. The reason why I said arrived, because this person existed before he was born, whereas Adam did not exist at all before he was created. According to the Gospel of John chapter 1, before Jesus was born on earth, he was living as God in heaven, which is a very different realm than the one here on earth. Jesus was sent here by his Father to live as a man, according to John chapter 3, 16. Jesus entered a very different world than that of Adam and Eve. There was nothing perfect about it at all. There was no beautiful garden surrounded by rivers to tend to, and God was not there to talk to face to face, especially at the end of each day in the evening. Instead, he was surrounded by people who were diseased, demon-possessed, and had lost their way with God. The religious and political leaders were corrupt morally and in knowledge. The world that once was in order is now out of order. When Jesus was born, God made him human in every way. He was not given any advantage at birth to allow him a head start in life, you know, to give him an edge over any other man or woman who was born. He was born as a complete human. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17 says, For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way. Jesus did not enter this world knowing it all either. As Jesus grew through childhood, He learnt a lot about himself, God and the scriptures. Luke chapter 2 says that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature. He grew up under a mother and a stepfather with brothers and sisters. He learned his stepfather's trade of carpentry. In all this, he willingly learnt obedience under his parents and through the experiences he had in life. And not only that, when he knew who he was and who his real father was, God of the heavens and the earth, he never once promoted himself as superior, but humbled himself as a man before God. Philippians chapter 2 says this, Though he was God, he did not think of being equal with God as something to cling to. Instead, he surrendered his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a servant and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, He humbled himself in obedience to God, even to a death on the cross. Why did God his Father send Jesus here to our world? Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 explains why. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might destroy him, which is the serpent, who had the power of death, that is, the devil. In other words, Since the serpent had deceived mankind and caused a separation between us and God to occur, God wanted that separation or death removed so that we could once again commune with him. So to destroy the work that the serpent had sown into us, Jesus must destroy the serpent's power of death over us. And since Jesus also had the knowledge of good and evil as a man, he needed to be tested. And I tell you what, the devil would have been extremely excited to have an opportunity to test and push Jesus to his limits with his skill of deception and craftiness. So when the time was right, God his father allowed the serpent back to test his son to see what he would do. Remember, just as Adam and Eve had time with God before the serpent appeared to them, Jesus also had spent time in the scriptures, in prayer and learning lessons in life. And with this testing, Jesus is going to learn even more. And now God has given Jesus to the devil so he could be sifted as wheat. God was allowing his son Jesus to be tempted in every way. Firstly, the devil appeared to him personally and tested him with enticing offers to break away from God. Then he tested Jesus with all sorts of people to irritate him, to force him into difficult situations that could cost him his life, Jesus had some friends turn against him. He had his family doubt him. He saw his close friends and children die. Many people doubted and hated him. Eventually, he was betrayed by a friend for money. The religious leaders rigged the justice system in the end to make Jesus look guilty and then handed him over to the Romans that beat him up and crucified him in front of everybody. And yet, through all this, he never faltered at all. Jesus stayed focused and did not allow any situation to blur his relationship and purpose with God his Father. Hebrews chapter 4:15 says, "He was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Also in Hebrews chapter 5, verse seven and eight, it says, "In the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with intense cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, and was heard because of his godly fear, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Jesus learnt how to be obedient through all the things he had experienced and suffered. Even though Jesus had his own will according to Luke twenty-two forty-two, he intentionally followed and did everything that God his father had asked of him, as it states in John chapter 5, 19. Very truly I tell you, The son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. God created man to be a servant and friend of his. And so when Jesus came to earth, he was also placed upon him to be a servant and friend of God. Okay, now let's get serious. Do you think that Jesus had it any easier than any of us as a man? Of course not. But Jesus was determined to complete the tasks ahead of him and to face all the things not only for his Father's sake, but also for you and me. Both the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ, knew all mankind was in deep trouble, who were unable to see a way of getting peace in their lives, and worst of all, no one around to help them get straight with God again. So Jesus came and surrendered everything he had in heaven and became a man to face everything that we go through and broke through all the barriers that were holding you and i back he was determined like a lawyer who was fighting a case on your behalf and he won and not only did this lawyer defeat the opponent the serpent for our sake he also said that he would personally pay our penalty which was a death sentence for all our failures as a man Jesus facing the death penalty by crucifixion would have been a challenge in his mind and emotions. And when he was dying on the crucifix, the serpent still never let up, but kept the heat on him until his last breath. So the motto for this podcast is Jesus became a man for you. I want to encourage you today, and even more so around communion, that Jesus is alive today because he loved not only his father, but you especially, so that you may believe in him and have hope in him. The song behind this podcast is called In the Dirt. I chose it because our bodies came from the dirt, and Jesus chose to take on a body like ours from the dirt, so that we ourselves can once again have the experience of Genesis chapter 2. God breathed into him life, and man became a living being. God also wants you to become a living person for him, I just ask, let God breathe on you. Amen. I hope this podcast encourages you today and may God bless your day. Thank you for listening.